Mama, you want to know how to help your girl acknowledge and express her feelings, especially with you, let alone just acknowledging and expressing them for herself. You want her to confide in you as her mother with the hard to discuss topics, but getting your teen to acknowledge what she is feeling is a, is a task in itself, right? She has a difficult time expressing what she is feeling with you, and it's equally frustrating for you, her mom, to know where or how to guide her. So today, for you, Mama, I am digging into one of my favorite reads, Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. I'm sharing some important points she makes about increasing yours and your daughter's emotional vocabulary for her own well-being. Mama, you know I love me some reviews, and today I'm going to be sharing you another review from Raising Her Confidently. This is from Arc SD. I am not alone. Thank you for creating this podcast. Being a mother of a teenage girl in this day and age is challenging. I believe there are different pressures that exist now that make growing up in today's society a bigger challenge than ever before. Our girls are trying to navigate themselves in a world that is ruled by social media and false pretenses. At the same time, they are learning about who they are. I know that journey never ends. As a mom, absorbing these emotions and processes can be quite daunting. I question if I'm doing things right Is this accepted? Am I completely off my rocker? And this podcast has shown me that I am a part of a village that is experiencing the same issues and facing the same challenges. I hear that my insecurities are not outliers. Thank you for the conversation, direction, and devotion to cultivating and enriching our relationships with our daughters. You are so very welcome, Arc SD. I love that you have so eloquently described this podcast the way it is. I hear you, Mama, and I hear you, Mama, listening to this as well, that we can question ourselves. We can doubt ourselves of whether or not we're doing the right thing. Am I doing this right? Did I fail? What am I doing wrong here? Why isn't it working? We question ourselves all the time, and I'm going to tell you now that it is ongoing. It even happens raising young adults. I'm in that season right now and I still have the tendency to question myself, which is why it's so important to remain connected, which is why it's so important to have a community that is encouraging, that understands your season because they get it too. They can empathize with you. And it's so important to have that mentor that is a little ahead of you that still kind of remembers and have guided their girl through the season to have that mentor in your life. Mama, if you found that you do not have that mentor and you do feel lonely, hey, I have a few things for you. Stay connected to this podcast. Gain the resources and tools and even the encouragement that you aren't going crazy, that we all can go through this with our teenagers right? And to be equipped with not just sitting idle in our emotions, but to equip ourselves to moving forward in a connective relationship with your girl. So stay connected. If you're not an insider, be an insider through raisinghercompetently.com. Second, be a part of the free community. If you're not part of my free community group, be a part of it. It's completely free. It's made for you 
with other moms in this season, we need each other. We cannot be alone. It's a lonely journey if we decide to be alone. So be a part of that group. Go to RaisingHerConfidently.com and sign up to join our free community group. And lastly, Mama, if you do not have a mentor, if you just are stuck in, I just don't know what to do. I'm walking on eggshells with my daughter. I don't know how to approach her. Every time I do, I get pushed back. Maybe you need a mentor and maybe you need to be coached step by step. And if that is you, I want you to book a free discovery call so we can see what that will look like for you. It's completely free. We spend 15 minutes just talking about what you need and I lay out how we can work together. And you can do that at RaisingHerConfidently.com. I'll hear from you soon. Whatever it is, Mama, pick one and go do it. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Raising Her Confidently. Do you want to have open communication with your teen daughter? Do you find yourself constantly thinking about how to talk to your teen or why your girl is not opening up to you? Do you wake up with confident intentions only to feel confused and frustrated when all you get are one-word answers from your daughter again? Hey, I'm Jeannie. I too was a mom raising young teens. I too felt grieved by the loss of my sweet, talkative little girl. I wanted her to come to me about anything, even if she was scared, and listen to my advice. But I kept thinking, she won't listen to me, and I don't know how to approach her until I found tools to create open communication. In this podcast, you will find how to connect and talk to your team and create a safe space for her to go to so that you will have that close relationship you dreamed of. Go grab your glass of Merlot and throw off those fuzzy slippers and let's dig in together. I get to reference one of my favorite people today, Miss Brene Brown, and she is a social researcher, I believe therapist, and she bases a lot of her work on vulnerability and shame resistance based on research. So I absolutely love her. Today, I'm going to be referring to her book, Atlas of the Heart. It's her latest book that she's written amongst uh, many of them. I've practically read all of them. My first introduction to her was a book given to me by a dear friend, The Gifts of Imperfection. And that was a book that pretty much changed my life. It transformed my life to see what the the struggles, the recurring struggles I've had in my own personal life. And a lot of that has been built around shame, guilt, and blame, self-blame, and questioning as a faith person, my worthiness when I knew where my worth lies, but still struggled with why am I holding on to this uh, self-worth, you know, issue of not thinking I'm enough right? And in that through therapy and through reading her books, it helped me unravel what it was. And it all came down to shame and accepting the shame in my life. And so she talks about shame resilience and becoming vulnerable, right? And you, in, in my own time, so this is a little bit of a testimony here. My own journey was really covering up my own shame with achievement and perfection. And so the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, was so timely and in uncovering the reasons why I sought for achievement, why I felt like I needed to appear perfect, but it was just covering all the shame that I didn't want to uncover and be vulnerable over. So with that, Miss Brene Brown wrote Atlas of the Heart, I believe, Three years ago, it came out. You, if you have um, HBO Max, she had a special on this book about um, 
really mapping meaningful connections and the language of human experience, really. And the topic today is going to be about emotions and helping your girl express and acknowledge her own emotions. So I'm big into studying research on emotional intelligence. I think it's crucial on how we interact and how we engage and how we relate with others. But in order to have a high emotional intelligence, we need to be aware of our own, our own emotions, our own feelings, and how they impact us internally. And as a mom of teen, it's challenging to get your girl to open up about her feelings, right? Can I get an amen? (laughs) It's really challenging. Part of it, she just doesn't even have a label for it. She, When she says, I don't know, she may honestly be telling you, I really don't know. So it's become increasingly frustrating and even more disconnecting when we cannot bridge the the language gap of emotions when she's unable to express them herself, right? So I'm gonna pull out a few points that Miss Brene Brown has stated in her book that I feel is very vital and and very valuable for you, Mama, in understanding your girl and helping her as we guide our daughters in pulling out those emotions and, and really building her emotional vocabulary. So first off, she talks about just where these when we try to out try to like snuff down and not feel like there's an importance in labeling our emotions, there are a few things that happen. Um, we, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to share what's really going on inside and we don't want to discover what is happening internally. And she says trying to outrun and outsmart vulnerability and pain, right, So sometimes when we feel the pain internally, I mean, I'm talking to you, even you, mama, when we feel pain internally or feel hurt and vulnerable and choosing to outrun or outsmart it, meaning choosing to stuff it and distract ourselves, is choosing a life defined by suffering and exhaustion. When we decide to not recognize what's going on internally, we're choosing a life defined by suffering and exhaustion, right? This is what happens when blow-ups happen or we just feel exhausted because we have so much energy expended on not wanting to feel it, not wanting to acknowledge it, and it's tiring, right? She says very few people can handle being held accountable without rationalizing, blaming, and shutting down, meaning it's scary, to have somebody hold us accountable for our feelings because we risk feeling blamed and wanting to shut down because we just can't handle the uh, reality of the emotions that are coming out within us. So we choose to run away from them instead of face them because we don't want to feel blamed and we don't want you know, we, we don't want to feel shut down because it's so overwhelming. And without understanding our feelings, thoughts, and behaviors and how they work together, right? So she says, and I thought this was very poignant and a good point is that our feelings affect our thoughts, which affect our behaviors. They all work together. And why is it so important? important for us as moms of teen girls to understand that is because it starts with feelings. 
if we can't acknowledge our feelings, those feelings overwhelm our thoughts. And our thoughts, whether it's true or untrue, will start to be uh, to affect our behavior and how those three really work together. Our behavior isn't just our behavior and blatantly come they, they come rooted. They come rooted in our thoughts, which stem from our feelings. So it's almost impossible to find our way back to ourselves and each other if we cannot recognize our feelings and the root of it. So when we don't understand how our emotions shapes our thoughts and decisions, we become disembodied from our own experiences and disconnected from each other. I'm going to read that again. This is a quote from Brene Brown. When we don't understand how our emotions shape our thoughts and decisions, which is our behavior, we become disembodied from our own experiences, all right? We don't own our experiences and disconnected from each other. We become detached. It keeps us from relating and connecting with other people. She did, she's a big researcher and she did a survey and I thought this was interesting. She did a survey that the average number of emotions identified by 7,000 people, right? So she did a survey with 7,000 people and these 7,000 people identified only three emotions. They recognized and identified only three emotions on average, happy, sad, and angry. That was it. Those were the emotions that they were able to identify. They were unable to articulate any emotions that they can feel, right? They were unable to articulate any other emotions besides happy, sad, and angry, right? She also said, this is surprising because if we only have the vocabulary of these three, it affects how deep we go with our emotions, right? It affects how deep we go with our emotions because happy, sad, and angry are a surface level identification of your emotion. It doesn't go any deeper than that. If we cannot have the language to describe what we're truly feeling, then we don't go any deeper. And this causes, right, feelings of hopelessness and we can feel a, a destructive level of anger because we're unable to process that, right? Now, Brene Brown also says this, that language is our portal to meaning-making connections. When we have language, and if we can expand our language, it helps us make meaning, meaning-making connections. It helps your, what does this mean for your daughter? It helps your daughter be able to connect what she's feeling and label it to what she can identify it to make that connection together. But if she doesn't have a label for what she's feeling, she's unable to make that meaning connection, right? And she's unable to heal herself and be self-aware, right? So as we expand our language, our emotional language, language speeds and strengthens connections in the brain where we are processing sensory information. That's what Brené Brown's saying is that the more we can expand our language and equip ourselves to label our emotions and really understand them, the quicker we're able to process them. The quicker we're able to process them. So this helps your daughter to be able to process her feelings quicker, right? When emotional language is blocked, so is our ability to interpret incoming emotional inferences, right? 
Likewise, having a strong emotional language with correct words allows an individual to infer, receive, and interpret emotions of others. So Brene Brown is saying that the more emotional language we can have with the right labels, right? We can identify him with the right label, the quicker she's able to identify her own emotions as well as others. She can interpret it. Meaning you will have a higher emotional intelligence, right? So we're equipping her to have a higher emotional intelligence. Why is it so important to have a high emotional intelligence? Well, we talk about otherness, right? I think one thing that's been a challenge and issue with raising teens is thinking of others, being respectful for others, being responsible so that you're not impacting others. The otherness, having high emotional intelligence equips your girl to be aware of others, right? So research shows that the process of labeling emotional experiences is related to greater greater emotional regulation and psychological well-being. Did you hear that, Mama? Renee Brown says that her research shows that labeling emotional experiences, so if she's able to be more accurate in labeling her emotions and feelings, it impacts her greater, greater emotional regulation. She's able to regulate her emotions better and she has a better psychological well-being, meaning she's going to be mentally healthier, right? So the more you can help your daughter recognize and labor her emotions, the more control and mental well-being she will have of them. And get this. So going back to that survey, out of 7,000 people, three emotions, happy, sad, and angry, were identified. In her book, she lays out 87 emotions and experiences. That's 84 more emotions than happy, sad, and angry. So we are limiting ourselves to just those three words. There are 87 other emotions here that we can help our daughter add to her vocabulary and expand her language for her overall well-being and to be really connected with her emotions quicker, right? And clearer and gain clarity, and be able to discern more quickly. Mama, I'm going to give you, with this information that I just pulled out of her book, I'm going to give you four ways to help your teenage daughter acknowledge and express her emotions. You ready? Number one, with all this emotion that we just pulled out of her book, help her understand where she is feeling in her own body. So this is more physical Help her understand where is this feeling coming? Where is it sitting in her body, right? We feel our emotions in different areas of our bodies. An example, we feel it in our head, our chest and heart, and in our gut, right? Those are areas that we feel and carry our emotions. Help her recognize where she's feeling them initially. Gosh, this is such a great way to be more aware of her own physical body and how emotions wear on her, right? And then to help her label the emotion based on where she's feeling it. Example, anxiousness, like I feel anxious, can be in our chest. Worry 
is in our gut. Furious, not just angry, but furious, like flaming furious in our head. And you feel this heat coming out of your neck, right? So you're starting to help her label her emotion based on where she's feeling it beyond happy, sad, and angry. Again, Brene Brown's book labels 87 of them. And if you need help yourself in identifying these 87, I would highly, get, highly, highly recommend that you grab yourself a copy. I will have them in the show notes so that you can purchase one yourself so that you can really maybe even build your own vocabulary. And as you're guiding your girl, you're adding to your own, right? The more we can help guide our girls to add to her emotional vocabulary, the better, right? Maybe it's not going to be all 87, but it's definitely going to be more than three, right? And number three, and number third way is help her recognize her go-to behavior. Help her recognize her go-to behavior. Remember we've talked, uh, or Brene Brown talked about the correlation between feelings, thoughts, and behavior. The outcome is usually the behavior. What we all see is the behavior, but that already has stemmed from a thought and a feeling, right? Prior to that. So help her identify what she has a, what is her typical behavior habit, right? During certain things. Like when I'm worried, I start to disconnect. So we know the feeling of worry keeps her from connecting. So she pulls away. And then maybe during that time, you can even think about what is her thought? What are you thinking when you're worrying? What, why does it allow you to disconnect, right? So when I'm worried, I start to disconnect and grab the closest um, bag of, of easy snack and start eating, right? Or when I'm joyful, I'm more willing to talk to people and laugh with them, right? Not just the negative impacts of negative emotions, but also the positive emotions, right? Like joyfulness, besides just happiness and laughter and all the positive uh, emotions as well that you can talk about. Like what is her go-to behavior? You know how this helps you, mama, is it helps you recognize her emotion through her behavior without actually asking her. It helps you kind of have the emotional intelligence too to know when she's worried because she's more disconnected and creating, we talk about open communication and creating those conversations of, hey, what are you worried about based on her go-to behavior, right? This is a way for you to understand your daughter. So I have a lot of moms that come to me and like, I just don't understand her. I don't know what she's thinking. Well, we can totally know what she's thinking by recognizing her go-to behavior based on her emotion and feelings, right? And number four, help her determine what brought on this emotion. Help her determine what brought on this emotion. What was the source of her feeling disappointed, right? What triggered her? Because again, feelings, thoughts, and behaviors all commingle together. They cannot be separated, right? They're like a chain reaction, so what source of her feeling, uh, what was the source of her feeling disappointed? That's an example. What brought this emotion on? Did somebody, um, did she have an expectation, which is a thought? Did she have an expectation of somebody that fell through, right? 
So it helps. Why do we have these types of discussions? Because it helps us guide them to these emotions that they have a tendency to feel and to quickly uh, recognize them and think about where what was the source of the emotion? What was the thought? If that's the truth or a lie, right? And how she can quickly find a solution for that or quickly dissipate it. So these feelings don't command her, right? The quickly she can recognize them, the quicker mental health she will have in discerning and gaining clarity over them. And the quicker you can guide her through it because she has a language for it, right? It helps with um, feeling less frustrated because she can now have a word for her emotion to describe it. It'll help you from feeling less frustrated because there isn't a gap of communication of you trying to figure her out, right? So guiding your girl to sit in her emotions and equipping her to label them is a vital skill to creating open communication with her. You are teaching her skills that will lead her to better mental health and well-being, right, mama? You will help her quickly be emotionally comfortable and healthy as well as build a high social emotional intelligence as she relates to others. You are teaching her vulnerability is not a weakness. I'm going to say this one more time, mama. You are teaching her vulnerability is not a weakness, but a powerful tool for connection, for connection to herself and for connection with others. Now, mama, I do recognize guiding your girl through this process is not a one and done deal. It's a journey. It's a journey. I'll say it one more time. It's a journey. It's going to take consistency, patience, and emotional intelligence to cultivate these conversations as far as timing and the permission to speak into her life where it will be received by her. It's work. It's hard work. But it is possible, Mama. I encourage you. I encourage you. I encourage you to keep going, to keep at guiding her through identifying these 87 emotions and experiences that will be so life-changing for the both of you. Now, Mama, if you are just listening to me and you're already feeling overwhelmed and anxious yourself because you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? I don't even know the 87 emotions myself anyway. Well, first, go grab your Brene Brown book, Atlas of the Heart. I will have it in the show notes with a link. But also know you cannot accomplish this feat, this overwhelming feat alone. You are not meant to do it alone. It's not your responsibility to do it alone. Yes, you are guiding. You are her mom and you want a relationship to connect with her. But you have a whole army of women, moms in the same season, moms who have, who are a little ahead of you that are behind you. You really do. So if you're not part of my free community, I want you to go join that. Also, if you are still feeling overwhelmed and anxious just of the thought of even starting this and like how to even approach your girl because you've been walking on eggshells all this time, I want you to jump on a discovery call with me and together we can come up with a plan to move along, right? I want to help you move along step-by-step in creating conversation like these that ultimately lead to a healthy, connected relationship with your daughter. That's what I want for you and your girl. 
That is what I want for you and your girl is to ultimately lead to a healthy, connected relationship with her. So go to RaisingHerConfidently.com and book your free call with me. That's RaisingHerConfidently.com. Okay, I went a little geeky in this episode and shared some research and reading from my favorite person, Brene Brown, but I hope this has blessed you and helped you and also empowered you to continually connect with your daughter, equip her with emotional vocabulary that in the long run will benefit your conversations and your relationship in connecting together into adulthood. I'll see you next time. Hey friend, if this podcast inspired you or encouraged you or helped you in any way, I'd love for you to share it. You can screenshot this episode and share it in your stories on social media or text it to a friend who can use the support. It's the best way you can thank me. I want to let other mamas know they are not alone. I'd love to stay connected with you. You can find me on Instagram at Jeannie Baldomero or join my free mom support community at Linktree backslash Jeannie Baldomero. Until next time, live full of grace, Jeannie.